When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Second week of Joe and Amber in this time slot, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, rocking with you. So me and Joe Ford, but we've been working together for years, but this is the first time that we've had a regular radio show together. We're still getting to know each other. So Joe, there's two types of people in this world. There's people who do things themselves, and there's people who pay people to do them for them. When it comes to landscaping, which of those categories do you fall into? Oh my God, for virtually everything else, it'd be to pay people. For landscaping, I would do it myself because it was one of the jobs I had when I was growing up. So I did wow. landscaping several summers, several winters. It's one of the few things I'm capable of doing. Operating a microwave, pass. Making an <laughs> omelet, pass. Hanging Christmas lights, pass. All incapable. But when it comes to some landscaping, your boy can do a mediocre job at best. Well, I found out today that I cannot. Uh, so I think I need to stick with paying people because I decided that I was going to trim some plants around my pool today. And I had bought this like little electric saw <laughs> off of Amazon. And so I far, decided so to fire that puppy up today when I was home alone. And I sliced my finger right open. Because it apparently, Joe, what I learned today is that you're, there's a reason that people wear work gloves when they do these sorts of things, no. which I really didn't consider. And then also, you have to be careful where you put your fingers when you're operating an electric saw. So I learned that the hard way. It's it sliced it all the way down. I don't think it hit the bone. I did not pass out and fall into my pool. I thought about it for a second. I was good. All of this happened because I almost got stung by a bee, which is really why I took my eyes off the saw and where things went horribly awry. So I think I'm done with landscaping. You're in Florida. Aren't the pools screened in? Not mine. I mean, they can go either way down here. There's a lot of pools that are screened in and caged. Mine is an open air pool. You people just live by your own rules, don't you, down there? <laughs> Like there's really no rhyme or reason to whatever the hell is going on down in Florida. It is just a shoot from the hip and ask questions later sort of situation. Is it not? It is. It's kind of like what's happening with the Arizona Cardinals, you know, Michael what a Bidwell. transition. Isn't it? What? It's Hold on one pro. second. Wow. <laughs> that is what how it is done, people. That is how it is done. Michael Bidwell, he owns the Arizona Cardinals and we got the information that their uh, Kyler, of course, is their quarterback. The, their quarterback is. You of used course. up all the intelligence on the transition. I did. There. I was. I was trying to figure out how to set this up. Basically, Michael Bidwell was asked how much Kyler is going to factor into the selection of the next coach. Let's just play the bite. How much input are you, if any, are you going to give Kyler moving forward with any of the decisions? Well, uh, we're in communication, and, uh, and, and we should be talking later today. We texted, and, and either today or tomorrow. And so absolutely want to get the input of uh, our leaders, uh, including Kyler, and have spoken with uh, a number of leaders already. I lost a lot of blood today. It happens, Joe. So bear with me here. But <laughs> I will say this. I actually don't think what Bidwell just said there 
was incredibly controversial because people will make a big deal out of this and people will say Kyler Murray hasn't proven himself he's way too young he's not good enough to have any sort of say over who you hire as a coach what I will say is whoever you hire as a coach needs to get the most out of Kyler because you've committed yourself to him you did hand him the contract I know you technically handed one to Kingsbury as well but you handed Kyler Murray the contract he ain't going anywhere right now certainly not anytime soon he's a young quarterback there may be issues there that also may be fixable in terms of things like his dedication to studying. If those are really the biggest Kyler Murray problems is more like work ethic problems, then it's a paramount importance that he really looks up to the next guy and that the next guy has a good relationship with him or gal, uh, but I don't think we're there yet, unfortunately. Uh, next guy has a good enough relationship with him and that they can get the most out of Kyler, that that staff can get the most, whatever that staff means, can get the most out of Kyler. And so I think that you need to bring in a coach, frankly, with experience, also experience working with somebody like a Kyler Murray who garners respect from Kyler Murray, but the way to do that is to have that conversation with Kyler Murray. So it's not like you're letting Kyler choose the next coach, but I do think feeling Kyler out so he feels like he's on the same page as the ownership could go a long way in terms of him listening to you. Joe and Amber here on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh is what I'm saying. Make any sense? Yeah, it does. If you're Bidwell, that's exactly how you have to phrase it. Because let's look at the alternative. If you come out and say, no, Kyler's not going to have any say whatsoever, you got to realize you're going to hurt his feelings. And I'm not saying that sarcastically or to be a jerk. The reality is when word got out that there was a clause in the contract that required him to study, he got really upset. He had to have a press conference about it, telling everybody how much he won when he was playing in Texas, telling everybody how much success he had in college. He was a guy that got upset that that was out there. He didn't come out and say, yeah, of course I'm going to study. I want that contract in there. That clause can be in there and it can say anything because I'm studying so much it's not going to matter. But instead he felt the need to defend like, you know, I, I blah, 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 blah. So the reality is you can't say no because you're going to hurt his feelings. So you got to make it seem like he's going to have some input so he feels okay. It's massaging egos. The reality is he can have no input whatsoever. He's not in charge. He doesn't own the team. He's not the general manager. He's not the coach. He's the quarterback. His job is to make plays on the field. He hasn't done enough of that during his time in the NFL, but he did get paid as if he does make those plays on a regular basis. Next coach is going to have to come in and understand how to work with him. But more importantly, he's going to have to get his respect. Kingsbury did not have his respect. Mm -hmm. And you saw it on a regular basis when he'd be screaming at Kingsbury from the field, mm -hmm. screaming at Kingsbury when he went to the sideline. The next guy's got to bring the, dare I use the G word, gravitas to the table that's going to get him the buy-in. But at this point, you got to wonder, is there anything that's going to make him buy-in? Four-year starter at, in, in, in high school in Texas, never lost a game. Went to Oklahoma, highly successful, won the Heisman Trophy. At this point, with that contract, he might think there's nothing left for him to learn. It's on everybody else. That'd be a dangerous spot for Arizona to be if that's Murray's mindset at the current moment. I mean, a lot of guys come in with the fancy resumes from the lower levels, right? I mean, I do think we make a little bit too much of that. Not all of them need to come in with a chip on their shoulder because the reality is if you make it to the NFL level, you were probably the best on all the lower levels or certainly top 1% for you to even make it there. I do think that Kyler has to buy in, though, and the respect factor factor seemed like such an issue between him and Cliff Kinsbury and that's what you need to be really careful of if you're that ownership in Arizona. Lewis Riddick he is ESPN's NFL analyst he was on Fitz and Harry earlier today and he said that Kyler is going to be the focus for whomever comes into the, that role. What do we really need to do as far as building a relationship with him understanding his strengths and weaknesses both as a player and as a person how do we maximize those strengths how do we get the most out of him individually? How do we get the most out of him 
from in, the, in a collective sense as far as him being a leader? How do we help him grow into a leader? Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Growing Kyler Murray into a leader, growing Kyler Murray into that system is going to be of utmost importance because that Cardinals team is stuck with him for certainly at least a couple more years. Coming up next, at this point it seems that the Dolphins are just trying to arrive to their playoff game on time, let alone play well. It's... A tough situation with Skylar Thompson under center. We're going to revisit it and also get some word from someone on the ground. That's next. This is Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. A very difficult situation going to Buffalo for the Miami Dolphins either way, but with Skylar Thompson under center, it gets even that much more difficult. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. You can always hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. So let's get some help with this Miami Dolphins conversation. Marcel Louis-Jacques, ESPN's NFL Nation Dolphins reporter, joining us now on that Dr. Pepper call in line. And Marcel, thanks so much for joining us. Obviously, we got the news about Tua. Where I want to start with you, though, is the Teddy Bridgewater angle of this because he's supposed to be the backup quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Hasn't really gone well this season in that regard. So it seems Skylar Thompson's going to get the start. Is Teddy working his way back this week? Is he going to be the backup? Are we going to see Glennon in that role? How are they handling the quarterback room now for this Buffalo game? Well, they're preparing – today as if Skylar Thompson is their starting quarterback. If the game was tomorrow or even this, this, this evening, Skylar would be taking the first team reps. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, last week, he started off the week unable to even really grip the ball with that dislocated pinky on his throwing hand, and he gradually progressed to a point where the team was comfortable with him throwing 10, 15 yards. They felt like if he had to enter the game in an emergency capacity that, that he could but uh, he is not necessarily in a space where they feel like he can throw the ball 30 or so times a game and definitely not downfield. So it's going to be Skylar Thompson barring a, I, I mean, barring a, an injury to Thompson and a complete healing from Teddy Bridgewater. Mike Glennon, practice squad quarterback. I think they're comfortable with, with Teddy once again in a backup role right now, like in an emergency role. But Mike Glennon, I asked, McDaniel how he's picked this offense up over the past week and he said it's like speaking to somebody who who talks multiple languages who speaks in multiple languages he's processing what he's hearing 
in his quote-unquote native tongue or whatever scheme that, that he's used to or most comfortable with and trying to relate it to the scheme that he's currently in. So I, I, I don't think he's ready necessarily to start either, but uh, I think they're hoping in a perfect world that it, it's Skyler starting and Teddy as a backup. Short term, we know we're not going to see Tua Tungavailoa in Buffalo taking on the Bills. Long term is where it's interesting. What's the concern level within the organization as to Tua's future with the team, given this concussion history, which is quite robust at this point in time? Well, it's funny that you you ask, especially with that specific phrasing, because that's almost verbatim the question Mike McDaniel was asked today. He looked at the reporter and said, "Like I know you're just trying to do your job, but come on, I'm not even thinking about his long-term uh, like playing career. I'm not thinking about his NFL career. I'm thinking about him, the human. He wants to get him fully healthy as a human being before even bringing up uh, a- anything to do with his playing career. So it, it, that, that's obviously not like uh, it's not the most glowing, uh, the most glowing support uh, of Tua seamlessly taking the field when he's healthy. He did tell us on Monday, Mike did, that you know, when he's cleared to practice, he'll practice, and that's about as optimistic. Uh, of a review as we heard. But ever since Tua answered protocol on December 26th, Mike has strictly adhered to what he said, the advice he was given by medical professionals, which is it's critical that Tua focus solely on the day that he's in. Nothing ahead of time, nothing behind him. Just take it one day at a time. So uh, there's no real answer to that. Uh, You know, obviously there's a lot of quarterbacks hitting the market this offseason, presumably, you know, guys like Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo, possibly Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or any, but I, I think it would take, you know, a quarterback of like Brady or Rodgers caliber in order to turn the Dolphins' head. I think that they believe, and, and rightfully so, Tua, when healthy, is a better option than Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a better option than Derek Carr. They operate on the assumption, all the trades, all the moves, all the signings they've made have been under the assumption that Tua is their franchise quarterback. Marcel Louis-Jacques, ESPN NFL Nation Dolphins reporter. Marcel, on the way out here, I just want to ask you about the confidence level coming out of that locker room. I mean, I know they're going to say all the right things. This is my team as well. I'm a Dolphins fan. I know they're going to say all the right things to you, but are you getting the sense that this feels the same as it would if they were going into wildcard weekend with Tua under center? No, not even a little bit. And like respect, all respect to, to Skylar Thompson, uh, who's been put in a really difficult position uh, as a rookie throughout this year. Uh, and like you said, they're, they're, it's not like they're going to come out and say, yeah, no, we don't have a chance with Skylar. He's too young. He's not ready. It's going to be too tough in an environment. It's too good of a team. They're not going to say any of that. But uh, I don't get the sense that they're not confident in Skylar, but they are definitely not as confident as they would be with Tua uh, at, at quarterback, I mean, when you look at the two games that two was played against Buffalo, they've had a, they had a chance to win both of them. Uh, you could argue that they let that thing slip away there in I believe it was week 15 uh, Sunday night in Buffalo. But uh, they've already beaten them with two at quarterback this season. I, I think that if he was playing, if he was fully healthy, this team was fully healthy. I mean, this game wouldn't be played Sunday at 1 p.m. This would be a prime time game. It would be a a, a real a, a real interesting first-round matchup. But with Skyler at quarterback, it, it, it's, again, nothing against him, nothing, you know, no disrespect to, to him. Like I said, he's been put in a really tough spot. But yeah. we're talking about one of the best defensive coordinator 
head coach combos in the NFL in terms of game planning for an opponent in Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott. And to do that against a, a guy who's only seen, I mean, he's only played in six games in his NFL career. It's asking a lot against a team that a lot of people think could win a Super Bowl this season. Yeah, really, this Dolphins team should have beaten the Bills twice this season. Now they are double-digit dogs in a postseason game. Marcel Louis-Jacques, ESPN NFL Nation Dolphins reporter. Marcel, thanks so much. Of course. It's interesting, Joe, because you heard him say the things that Mike McDaniel has been saying. He's been saying all the right things here down the stretch, and the Dolphins have to, because I do think that the Dolphins, coming off of how they mishandled the Tua concussion situation in the beginning of the season, back in September, when we started to become aware of this problem, we all became aware of it on national television in a very ugly way. There was a lot of criticism around this team. Now I think this team has a PR problem, in addition to maybe a durability problem at the quarterback position. I think they have both when it comes to this particular quarterback. I'm not sure that's fair to Tua, but for whatever reason, we focus so much on Tua. People are crying for Tua to retire. People want the Dolphins, you know, charged with murder if he's out there again. And there was all sorts of crazy things being said by all sorts of people during this season, and I never want to sound like the Dolphins fan here who doesn't care about player safety because, of course, that is utmost important to anybody. And Tua's long-term health and his future is absolutely the primary concern. But it's just not the same narrative that you hear around, you know, Kenny Pickett, who has had multiple concussions at the same position. People were actually saying, well, this Dolphins team shouldn't stand a chance. The Steelers should be in the playoffs instead of the Dolphins. And I'm thinking, how? Why, like, why are you okay with Kenny Pickett being in that situation when He's had the multiple concussions, by the way, was cleared, came back into a game, played in a game with a concussion, had to take himself out of the game. Nobody was saying the Steelers mishandled that situation. The lack of noise around some of these other guys who suffered multiple concussions has been a bit startling when you are a Dolphins fan. And I think really what it comes down to is we all saw it so publicly with Tua. It was on national television. And fair or not, that is now going to follow Tua and follow the Dolphins during Tua's career. And that's a big problem from not just the durability component of this, but also from the public relations component as well. The difference between the two is Pittsburgh is a credible organization and Miami is not likable. And I know you're a Miami fan. <clears throat> it's not a shot. Ouch. But they're not they're not likable. Let's go back. Owner Steven Ross. Goodness. Brian Flores. What happened there? You don't see a whole lot of that. Rumors that there was a bonus or what was the situation for tanking games late? Everyone's well, lying. The team with incognito up. years ago under Ross. I mean, there's been a lot of it here in the Dolphins. It's not a likable organization. It's not a trustworthy organization. Pittsburgh is the pillar of trustworthy. They make some mistakes, but no one's going to put them in a negative light given their track record versus Miami's track record. That's the fundamental difference there. Either way, now certainly Tua has those durability concerns, and also people are going to be holding their breath when they do watch Tua play football, and that seems like a problem moving forward for the Miami Dolphins. Coming up next, more quarterback discussion now that the NFL season is over for many. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Derek Carr's time in Las Vegas may be over, but the situation is far from cut and dry. Joe and Amber here on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Before we get into the Raiders and Derek Carr conversation, because there's a lot to it and some serious deadlines coming up, let's try to earn you some more pizza money, Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Pizza money, bets we like but don't love. Otherwise, they'd be Mercedes money, not pizza money. So here we go. Tonight, we gave you TCU plus six and a half over Texas earlier in college hoops. That game tips around nine Eastern. At 10.07 Eastern, we go to the ice. It's the Oilers. It's the puck line tonight. We're going to lay the one and a half goals. Price minus 110 over the Anaheim Ducks. Edmonton's one of the most explosive offenses in the NHL this season. Three and a half goals per game. That ranks fifth. They're going against an Anaheim team that is absolutely anemic on the offensive end. They rank 31st in goals scored. Defensively, they are a mess. No Jamie Drysdale on defense. They're giving up four goals per game on the season. Dead last in the National Hockey League. Great get right spot for Edmonton. It's the Oilers on the puck line. Minus one and a half over the Anaheim Ducks. Pizza money number two for tonight. Little puck talk for you. We do it all here on Joe and Amber, but we do talk a lot of NFL. And there's an interesting situation developing in your neck of the woods there, Joe, in Las Vegas. The Raiders, it appears, are going to move on from Derek Carr. Probably wouldn't have shut him down for the last couple games of the season if they weren't going to. We know in part they did that because they didn't want to be on the hook. If he got injured in those last two games, they would have owed him something like roughly $40 million. But also, it seems like they did that because they plan to move forward with somebody else under center. The Derek Carr situation, though, has to be figured out by February 15th. Because what's interesting is that extension that he signed last year kicks in within a few days of the Super Bowl. And so if they don't make a decision and cut him before February 15th, then his extension goes into effect, which means not only do they owe him, of course, the money for the extension, but he's got a no-trade clause in that extension. So you might think, well, the smart thing to do here would be the Raiders to try to trade Derek Carr, except for he's got a no-trade clause, so he retains all the power in that situation. So what can they do if they want something in return for him? Well, if they do agree to a trade with Derek Carr, it would need to be like a handshake type deal. And they would have to agree to it in principle, let him get that extension that goes into effect February 15th and then trade him in March because you can't trade him until the new league calendar year begins. So you're kind of in effect having to trust Derek Carr if you're the Las Vegas Raiders, where right now you would have to work out a handshake deal with Derek Carr and whatever team he wants to go to and whatever team you're willing to trade him to because you like whatever they're going to give you in return. And then you have to trust everybody is going to pony up to that handshake deal when it becomes a real deal in March. And that seems like a lot for the Raiders to be asking when it feels like probably a relationship gone sour. 
Yeah, if you're Derek Carr, I don't see any reason why you would want to do any of this to help the Raiders, to assist them, to work on anything. Like, if you feel, for some reason, the open market isn't going to give you a deal close to what you currently have that someone would be able to or willing to assume in the trade, then, yeah, maybe you're willing to work with them. Maybe he stands to make so much money from the current deal, he'd rather be traded somewhere so he can make that money versus explore the open market. But Derek's made so much money, and he doesn't strike me as a guy that every last dollar is the most important thing in his life. He might want to go win. He might want to go compete. God forbid he he do that with the Raiders because it didn't happen in Oakland, and it's not happening in Las Vegas. So if I'm him, I'm probably just sitting back saying, look, you can try to do whatever you want. I'm more than happy to explore the open market. Indianapolis needs a quarterback. The Jets need a quarterback. The Texans need a quarterback. Sure, they're probably going to draft someone, but we could sit here for the next five minutes and analyze a third of NFL teams that need quarterbacks. Carr is going to be in high demand. Someone's going to give him a good deal. There's pretty much no reason whatsoever for him to sit back and work with the Raiders on making sure they get what they need because McDaniels has been burning him down on the way out burning him down like those comments after that first game against the Niners with Jared Stidham where he was telling the media hey same offense we ran with Derek same offense we ran with Derek just so everyone knows it's not that the offense is the problem like that's what he's alluding to he's alluding mm-hmm. to the fact that Carr is the problem not the offense and that's fine maybe Carr is the problem but when you do something like that don't look for a favor from the guy on the back end uh, absolutely and what's interesting is it feels like Carr is taking the fall for McDaniels right now. So he's taking the heat off of Josh McDaniels. Then you don't have that buffer anymore moving forward. If you are Josh McDaniels, if it ends up going as south next season as it went this season, then certainly fingers are going to start being pointed at that coaching position. But you're right. Those comments to me felt like self-preservation where he's trying to make sure there's no heat on him as a, as a new coach in that position with that team where he's saying, hey, look over here at this guy. It's really this guy's fault, which, man, what a turn of events for a quarterback that we were crediting with writing the ship last year when the wheels were falling off of that organization and that franchise was facing so much adversity throughout the season. And we were all crediting Derek Carr with keeping that team on the right track. And now we found ourselves in a situation where they're headed towards a very ugly divorce for the quarterback that has never spent a day taking a snap from anywhere else in his professional career. Carr signed a three-year, $121.5 million extension with the Raiders last year in April. Okay, so that's the extension, three years, $121.5. That's the one that kicks in in February. So now they would have to find a suitor who's willing to take on that, which is about 40 per for Carr, in addition to trading assets for him, which is also, I I agree with you, Derek Carr is going to be in high demand, but that's also, I think, a tall ask when you're looking around the league at these organizations that are going to be interested in Derek Carr. You're listening to Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, Amber Wilson and Joe Fortenbaugh with you. Do you think that that harms his value around the league because the Raiders could find themselves theoretically in a position where there aren't suitors to take on that extension. If in fact they allowed this to get to that point where that extension goes into effect. If your car, there's a lot of factors you're bringing into play here. You spent nine years with the Raiders, most of them miserable. Let's be honest. That team barely competes, barely. They haven't done anything. They haven't won a playoff game since, what was it, 02, the AFC championship game with Rich Gannon when they went to the Super Bowl and then got waxed by Tampa Bay. I think Derek's made a lot of money over his career. Derek's never won a playoff game. He's only been there one time. 
he led them. I think it was 2015, 2016. He led them to the playoffs. But he broke his leg in the second last game of the season. So he wasn't able to play. And then they got beat by Houston in the opening round. And that was just a complete waste of how well that season played out under Jack Del Rio. I think if your car right now, you're thinking of a few things. He's a family guy. Right? He's married. He's got a bunch of kids. He's speaking at churches here in Las Vegas in the very near future. He's going to probably be looking for the best situation for A, his family, and then B, as a competitor, I would imagine he would want to take a shot at the playoffs. I mean, for nine years in the NFL to play one playoff game as a quarterback, he's probably going to want a shot at something. So I don't think the most money is going to be his ultimate driving price. I think it's going to be his family first. Where are they going to be comfortable living? He's a California guy. He played at Fresno. His family's been on the West Coast all this time. Does he want to go to a place like New York City? Does he want to try to build something up with the Jets? So I think if you're him, you're just sitting back and you're waiting. Your agent's out there doing the work. You're relaxing, trying to get your head right. For the Raiders, this is a divorce that has been a long time coming. It's time to start fresh and try to build something up. The best thing McDaniels has going for him is he's got an owner that does not want to fire a staff after one year and have to eat that money. There are organizations that have the cash that have no problem doing it. We just saw it in Denver. The Raiders are not that organization. They do not have an owner who wants to be paying multiple coaches for multiple years. That's just a fact. I don't know if he's got three years, though, to develop somebody through the draft, if that's what you're talking about either, right? So that's the interesting thing is do you look to the words of the draft or you open to land a guy like a Tom Brady, which I know the rumors are out there flying in Las Vegas about Everybody him. here bringing... thinks it's going to be Brady. Everyone it's, thinks it's going to be Brady. Yeah, and I, just, I still don't get Brady's attraction. That's that's what I don't understand is Brady's Why he would want to do it? Yeah, that's the part. That's the component. Like, I understand that he was linked to the Raiders years ago and that apparently at one point, I mean, there's this idea out there that it was even a done deal at one point. And then he doesn't end up with the Raiders. He ends up with Tampa Bay. Why now the Raiders, though? I don't fully get it. It doesn't feel like a very good situation for Tom Brady to walk into. I'm not sure Tom Brady's winning a Super Bowl with Las Vegas at 46 years old. And if I'm 46 years old, I better be pretty darn sure I'm winning a Super Bowl if I'm walking in somewhere. Well, he is newly single. Vegas is a great town for single individuals, so it could be more of a lifestyle <laughs> choice than a Super Bowl choice. I, I mean, he's won enough Super Bowls, right? I got news for you, Joe Fortenbaugh. If you're Tom Brady, being single anywhere is a good place to be single. Let's be honest about that. Would it be that. better ESPN to be Radio. single in Green Bay or Las Vegas? You know, if you're Tom Brady, you can make anywhere work because also PJs exist. And I would imagine that... <laughs> You can travel. They can travel. I don't know how these things work. I'm just thinking if you're Tom Brady, it doesn't matter where you're single. Anywhere is a good place to be single for Tom Brady. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial Insurance can protect your small business with over 30 coverage options and easy-to-use mobile app, personalized discounts, and more. Get a quote. In as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com, discounts and coverage selections not available in all states or situations. Coming up next, it is our chance to talk to you. You. We want to hear from you. It is the time in the show every day here on Joe and Amber. We play a little caller roulette, so call us. It's a key component of caller roulette that you call us. You can give us any take, anything you got from anywhere in the world of sports, or if you want some dating advice from Joe Fortenbaugh, he's up for that as well. Give him a call. Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's next. Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio.
I get so happy when we hear a little country on this show because we don't hear country anywhere on ESPN Radio, but you get to hear some of that here on Joe and Amber. We mix it up with everything else as well. That's how we do. And how we do in this segment is a little caller roulette where we like to hear from you. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So let's get right to it. Let's spin the wheel. Ken. Ken is in Montana. Ken, what do you, Ken is not there. I'm moving on from Ken. James, is James there? James is in Scranton, Pennsylvania. James, what do you have for us? Hey, I've been hearing you guys talk about uh, pizza all night as I'm delivering for Alfredo's here in Scranton. And I just want to say that Scranton, PA has the best pizza in the world, better than New York. And I'm a Cowboys fan, but the Bucks are going to whip our butts. Wow, no confidence whatsoever. Uh, we, I, I, I don't know if I believe that the Bucks are going to whoop your butts, but I do think that the Cowboys could be walking into a situation where they end up. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm still taking the Cowboys in this game, Joe. I would be rooting for the Bucks in this game, but I do think that it's not an easy, easy task to get past that Bucks team. More importantly, though, have you ever been to Scranton, Pennsylvania, or tasted the pizza in Scranton, Pennsylvania? Because I cannot comment on the pizza in Scranton. I'm from Allentown, Pennsylvania, so just south of Scranton. I have been there. It's a very dreary place. Very dreary. It seems like it's cloudy every single day of the year in Scranton. Um, I will say this. Pizza's good, but to say it's better than New York is a bridge too far. And when you say something like that, and then you follow up by saying Tampa's going to rock Dallas, I find myself more inclined to bet Dallas now. (laughs) Because if take one is inaccurate, perhaps take two is inaccurate. Although we do appreciate the phone call, James. We're just kidding around. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I've never had pizza better than pizza in New York. So I'm going to guess that. You eat cauliflower pizza. Your your credibility on this subject is nil. (laughs) I have tasted New York pizza in New York before. All right, let's spin the wheel. Maybe we should find out what region has the best cauliflower pizza. You don't know. That, that could be somewhere entirely new. Max is in Columbus, Ohio. Max, I'm guessing you didn't call to talk about cauliflower pizza. So what do you have for us? I did not. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, first off, go Bills. Uh, second off, uh, I want to ask you guys if you can give me one team uh, next year that didn't make the playoffs this year that will make it next year. And one team that made it this year that will not make it next year. And you cannot say the Giants. <laughs> Why can't you say the Giants? All types of credit uh, of questioning there. I'll say the team that made it this year that won't make it next year. Tampa Bay's really easy because Brady won't be there. So that's an obvious one. If you want me to go a little bit further, I'd say Minnesota. I think Minnesota is going to be the team that has the major regression and misses the playoffs next year. That would be the thought. The team that missed the playoffs this year that gets in next season. Jacksonville. Uh, all- What's that? Oh, no, miss this season. Sorry, yeah. miss this season that gets in next season. It's probably the team you think wins the NFC South because with Brady leaving Tampa, it feels like things are going to get messy there. Carolina could be the team that slides into the playoffs. I think mm-hmm. if they hire properly, they've got potential. They've got a pretty solid defense. I'll throw that one out there as of right now. you got to figure Tennessee bounces back strong as well. Yeah, I would think Tennessee would oh, be Pittsburgh a contender. Too. Yeah, certainly Pittsburgh, maybe with the direction that things are trending there and with how Pickett Pickett did look at the end of some of those games down the stretch for Pittsburgh. 
Tennessee, I think, is a good one because a lot of that was injuries this season. Surprisingly, Derrick Henry, apparently the window is still open for them in that regard. Let's spin the wheel again. Tim, Tim is in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Tim, what do you have for us? Love the show. Thank you very much. Uh, both of you will soon make everyone forget Spain and what's his name. I take <laughs> issue with. I take issue. I take issue with something that each of you has said, uh, Joe. You equated uh, Pittsburgh with the pillar of organizations, and never mentioned Ben Roethlisberger. Amber, you equated uh, Las Vegas with Green Bay, and Brady would fit in anywhere he might. But come on, let's be serious. Anybody in his right mind would want to live in Las Vegas. Thank you very much. Well, I don't disagree with that. I mean, if you're asking Amber Wilson, where would she rather live between Las Vegas or Green Bay, Wisconsin? Man, this is going to make me even more popular than I already am with Packers fans. I certainly am choosing Vegas. Vegas would be high on my list of places to live. And Joe Fortenbaugh, of course, lucky enough to actually live there. But if you're Tom Brady, just from a being single perspective, I just maintain it doesn't matter where you are. You could be anywhere in the world. You could be in some town that I've never heard of in the middle of the country, and you're probably going to do as well as you you're, are. You're looking about this all wrong. You, you, you're analyzing this all wrong. It's not about whether or not he can make it happen. He can make it happen anywhere. It's what like his options anywhere. are. His options in certain locales are going to be it's going to be slightly depressed, shall different. I say. You there can won't say be different. as many. But it's not like he's going. That's true for most people when you're talking about them being single because you're literally talking about them going to bars or clubs or the hot spots and who are they going to meet. Tom Brady can't do that in Vegas. Like, what is he going to walk down the strip and meet women in Vegas? Like, I don't think that's how it works. I don't have much experience in this arena, but I feel like that's not how it works if you're Tom Brady. That's an so incredible series how- of statements. Telling people how it works, then following it up by saying, I don't know how it works. That is an incredible sequence of of conversation right there from you. Am I wrong? Do you have Tom Brady hanging out at the bar at the Wynn, you know, picking up, you know, lovely looking ladies now that he's single? I don't. If it was going to happen, the Wynn would be a lovely destination for him. I I think that uh, either way, Tom Brady is going to have not just options, but also resources in order to, you know, meet up with those options. Give us a call, 888-ESPN. Let's spin the wheel. Chris, Chris is in Virginia. Chris, what do you have for us? Hey, guys, how you doing? Yeah, I'm here in Virginia, and actually I'm thinking about uh, Las Vegas there, and um, I'm going to talk about the commanders in a second, but it just occurred to me that if Brady ends up going to uh, Las Vegas, isn't he kind of ending his career where he sort of began it? So that's an interesting prospect to think about. Um, but I'm here in Virginia, so I'm a Commanders fan, and I have a lot to be sad about, but I'm kind of looking to the future, and I'm trying to figure out who the quarterback should be. I'm worried about this organization taking on another veteran at quarterback and kind of just, you know, throwing money away. Uh, so I kind of wanted to get your, your thoughts on that, and... Uh, The commander's quarterback situation, Joe, I'll let you go on this subject. Certainly one that has not worked out for them. A swing and a miss there with Carson Wentz. Do they go for another vet or do they go ahead and try to build? 
there's a lot of moves they got to work through because they have a quality defense and they've got some weapons on offense with Robinson at running back and with the wide receivers they trot out there. If they have competent quarterback play, they can win games. Compounding the issue is that Rivera is starting to become on the hot seat. And then on mm -hmm. top of that, you're going to have a new ownership group coming in. So there's so much of the political machinations you have to be able to navigate here to figure this out. I think they should try to get a veteran in there because if they draft one, I don't know if Rivera is going to have the time to develop them. I don't know if he will either. In fact, I don't, I mean, I don't, I think he's on the hot seat already. And, and the situation there is just so difficult with the change there, as you mentioned, in that ownership group. Coming up next, nothing difficult about this change. Freddie Coleman and Ian Fitzsimmons, they're coming up next here on ESPN Radio.